0: So I am now in Tulum, Mexico, and I am living in the middle of the jungle, surrounded by scorpions and beautiful, beautiful greenery, but scorpions in this delicious little Airbnb, that Phil and myself are extremely unwell in we got some type of food poisoning or a stomach bug we're not really sure literally a day before leaving Mexico City and it's been like touch and go since then so it's been a rough go But I'm going to give you some deets on what's going on and where we're at and what we're doing because I'm getting tons of messages from you saying how much you're enjoying my photos from my trip and you love hearing my stories on the podcast. So let me give you a few little fun stories that I can tell you and then we'll dive into the episode. Let me tell you what traveling does to a couple it either makes or breaks you and this trip up until now has bonded phil and i so tightly together because the things we've had to navigate the hurdles in our path the fun had the bucket list experiences but you know this is where we, we like to say like social media doesn't paint the full picture, right? Because even like my family, I'll, they'll see a post on my Instagram story of like the backyard in this Tulum Airbnb and they're like, oh my God, it looks so stunning. It, it looks so beautiful. And I'm like, it is, like that exists also simultaneously we've been puking our brains out also simultaneously we had giant scorpions crawling through our bedroom the other night like both things coexist and I think the world doesn't always factor in that gray area which we always like to talk about on this pod right it doesn't factor it in we always kind of group things into a it's gotta be this way or this way and there's no in between but no like even the most beautiful scenery has its flaws it has critters that I am not I am a Scorpio okay I am a Scorpio but I don't like Scorpions and matter of fact I definitely don't like gigantic Scorpions crawling through my bedroom now this place is gorgeous okay we've got this quaint little backyard with tons of palm trees and a little table and it's a giant glass door if you've followed me on my account amy fiedler says on instagram that's where i post all of my travel photos and my personal photos for the public to see uh i do have a private account by the way just for shits and giggles but y- y'all aren't welcome there <laughs> So that's the, the the personal photos for the public go to that account, okay? We've got like this winding staircase out back that goes to a rooftop deck. It's got a table up there and some um, lounge chairs and a little private jacuzzi just for him and I, which we attempted to go in last night and uh it was dark out and we thought this would be really great really fun really romantic and i go up there and only one of the lights works so it was dark right above the jacuzzi so i was using the flashlight on my phone to figure out how to turn the water on and and clean it out and everything and then he came up right behind me and he looked in and he goes oh that's a scorpion and it was this tiny tiny little thing tiny little scorpion in the bottom of the tub and I was like oh good thing I didn't just take my shoes off and step in there to figure shit out so we killed that scorpion and then went on with our evening and then probably an hour and a half later came back down into our bedroom was like drying off and showering whatever and uh he he's not feeling well, I'm not feeling well, so I was like sitting on the bed and he was in the bathroom, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, this giant and I'm talking if 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 you take two of your hands and you touch the fingertips together, okay uh, that's how big <laughs> this scorpion was. It was probably like I don't know four and a half, five inches long. And so gigantic compared to this tiny little minuscule one that we saw in the jacuzzi up up top. Okay. And this is in our room now. This scorpion just is walking across. I'm sitting on the bed and I look and I just go, Oh my God, Phil, there's this giant scorpion, and he literally came out from throwing up, grabbed his shoe to kill this thing in the middle of our bedroom. And we both just looked at each other and were like, oh, that's like, this shit is not cool now. Like, It was one thing when it was a tiny one outside it's a whole different ball game when it's this gigantic one crawling through your living space and where you're sleeping so the rest of the night mind you again we are both very under the weather like dizzy nauseous dehydrated the whole nine yards trying to figure out what's wrong with us and now we've got to deal with these like monsters that are crawling across our floor so he messages the the owner but it's in the middle of the night so I roll up a towel and push it against our main door because I'm thinking just like one time I went to Florida and the little lizards were crawling under the hotel room door and so I was told to roll up a towel and put it up at the cracks so they wouldn't come through so that's what i just assumed to do here which um so far so good crossing our fingers that's what we did all night but yeah a little hard to sleep when you don't know if like you're gonna wake up and put your foot down and step on something or something's gonna somehow crawl onto your bed which mind you we did a lot of google searches before we went to sleep last night and i was like okay None of the blanket can be touching the floor. Like I feel like I'm playing the childhood game uh the floor is lava, except the floor is full of scorpions and I might step on one and get poisoned and die. Scorpions aside, we ride around on a scooter, which I was pretty anxious about leading up to the trip because I was just like nervous that I would fall off or something but the minute I got on within five seconds I was comfortable and now it's just like a lot of fun so because our Airbnb is like off the beaten path down like eight dirt roads in the middle of the jungle in order to get into town or to the beach or wherever you can't walk I mean and you're not going to pay for a cab so what they encourage you to do is like get a bike or get a scooter or get like a four-wheeler and that's how you get around so we've got our little scooter I've got my little helmet and the first time we got on I was literally like oh my god Phil I feel like we're in dumb and dumber <laughs> I don't know why it's time I think of two people on a little scooter with their little horny helmets on i think dumb and dumber anyway that's a lot of fun um but other than that we've only been here like this is literally our second day here and i think if i'm even counting correctly and we're both not feeling 100 percent. so we did stop by and see the beach we saw a little bit of town um We got some food it's much easier to find food here that i'm not allergic to like this tulum is very much like allergy friendly like there's vegan options vegetarian options gluten-free options coming out the wazoo so you know mexico city had options but they were few and far between and you could ask them to leave off like cheese and stuff like that luckily in mexico a lot of things are corn based so um not flour based so it's usually like a corn tortilla versus a flour tortilla where in the U.S. they would immediately give you a flour tortilla over a corn tortilla so that's good for my gluten-free ass um but yeah so had a little bit of food but you know we're uh we're trying to slowly pace ourselves here and and feel better because we are good we we are going to be here for a good solid month and we need to we need to definitely just feel a hundred percent before we fully immerse ourselves and and dive into anything really fun and exciting so um send us some healing thoughts and prayers and energy whatever you believe in we would most appreciate that but now let's dig into our episode a little shall we um before i begin i have to say they are doing construction around our airbnb here in tulum so You know this space again is a little echoey and i apologize if that impacts the sound quality of these upcoming episodes over the course of the next month until i am home in my own space that is a little more regulated by me um but i do apologize again if there is any type of irritating noises that you hear in the background or if this kind of echoey environment infringes on your ability to really listen to me but hopefully it doesn't bother you too much and you're able to kind of just like push that aside and hear the actual message and guidance and information that I'm sharing. So now that that's out of the way, my little disclaimer of sorts, I would love to talk today a little bit about or a lot about Overthinking conversations. I did a little poll um, yesterday, which is going extremely well, like so many of you engaged in this little activity I did, so I'm gonna probably keep it up, but um, I asked you a question about things that you felt guilty about. And I have hundreds of answers, I hundreds of answers. I mean, sometimes I put up these polls and it's a shot in the dark. I don't know if people are gonna engage or not. And this one really took off. I've got, you know, pages and pages of you guys sharing with me what you feel guilty about. And one of the things that I reposted to take a poll on was overthinking conversations after they'd happened or leading up to them happening, just like overthinking and overanalyzing the words that you've chosen to use or things that you could have said that you didn't say. All of that kind of mm, chaos that occurs when you've had a maybe difficult conversation or a really meaningful conversation and you reflect on it later and you're kind of like, oh my God, why did I say this instead of this? Or why didn't I add this into it? So why don't we talk a little bit about that topic as a whole and we'll dig into um You know, the anxiety around it, the overwhelm around it, the guilt around it, uh, the the self-doubt around it, and how to feel way more confident in your conversations. I really think everyone's run into this problem at some point in their life where they've gotten into an argument or a quarrel, a lover's quarrel of sorts. And once it's over, you think back on the words you've chosen to use and you say to yourself, why was I so mean? Or why did I take such a low blow? Or what kind of audacity did I have to bring this up or throw this in their face or hold it over their head? So let's address that, right? Because that can bring about a certain amount of guilt that someone has when it doesn't matter really the context, but let's just generalize it for a second and say that you're in a situation where you get into an argument or a disagreement with someone and you say some shit that you regret saying later. You say some things that you really, really, really you think you don't mean. Okay? Let's talk about this. So the words that leave our lips in the fit of rage or the heat of the moment they're coming from a certain type of emotional state inside of us, right? And this is where context does matter. Because let's say I feel attacked in a conversation, and I'm not aware, um, I'm not aware that I'm feeling attacked, and I'm not regulating myself before I respond. Well, if that's the case, then I am going to inadvertently attack back right? Because somebody who feels attacked is often going to get on the defensive and or be on the offensive and try to attack back. Well, when you recognize your emotional states, regardless of what is going on around you, right? So like, let's take for instance right now, like I am pretty much under the weather and Phil is under the weather. So we're both not feeling our best. And if we're both not feeling our best, it's going to be very easy for us both to take each other and the words we use very, very personally. Why? Because physically, mentally, and emotionally, I feel weak right now. Now, my mental and emotional state feel weak because my physical body is weak. That's kind of how that three-in-one complex works. Like The mind, body, and spirit, for lack of a better term, but we could say emotional state, They all work hand in hand. So when one's down, the other two get impacted as well. So physically, I'm feeling low. Physically, I'm feeling depleted. Then mentally, I'm probably going to feel low. And emotionally, I'm going to feel low or insecure, right? Because like those are kind of synonyms. Low, insecure. Weak, insecure, right? I don't feel my best. I don't feel my most confident. I don't feel my most secure so of course i'm gonna now like it's it's kind of like i don't know if you've ever seen these glasses out there where like the frames like you have your your normal frames and then you have these magnetic different color snazzy frames that you can like magnetize onto the front so you can change your frames i'm sure you've seen them somewhere because they're all over instagram anyway It's kind of like that with our internal filter or our internal lens, right? So if I'm feeling weak and depleted, then I'm seeing everything like I've snapped on the lens to my glasses that is weak and insecure. So now everything I filter is coming through that weak and insecure filter, and then I internalize it. So now it's like Phil could say something that he normally says on any good day that I don't think much of. He could say it to me, but I'm gonna hear it differently because that is the filter it's it's being passed through. I liken a filter to a colander. I used to do videos and I'm sure there's a bunch of them on my Instagram page, at Amy the Life Coach. If you scroll way, way, way back or like go to the video or the reels, um, tab on my Instagram, scroll way, way, way back, there is one, and I'm sure the cover photo is me holding a freaking colander, you know, like a strainer that you strain freaking like pasta in, holding a colander on my head, that's commitment right there, folks, I did videos like this way back, like years ago, and, and, and they're still pertinent to this day, and I don't know if I had a freaking colander next to me, I'd make a whole new video about it, but, I'm going to detail it for you, okay? If you liken your filter like it's similar to the glasses okay but it's it's kind of like a colander as well, like the little holes are whatever lens you've got on your glasses that day, so if i'm feeling weak, then everything's coming through the weak hole or the weak lens, right the weak filter, whichever resonates most for you. And that is how I interpret the information. And then that is what I react or respond to. When you decide you're going to be somebody who equips themselves with tools to emotionally regulate them and and then communicate productively with other people, what happens is the lens is there, but you have a pause button. So something's going to come through the lens regardless, okay? It's going to come through that weak insecure lens or filter regardless of how mindful I am but I have the ability to pause myself before any words or actions leave me now why do some people have the ability to pause or regulate while other people don't have the ability or don't want to have the ability to pause or quote-unquote regulate right we would label them dysregulated What's the difference? Well, somebody who has the ability to pause or regulate before speaking or behaving in a certain way is somebody who has, number one, allowed themselves enough space between their own pain and their own insecurities and their own quote-unquote triggers. They've allowed themselves enough space to feel them, understand them, process them. In other words, they've looked at themselves, they've self-reflected and they've acknowledged, okay, I've noticed that every time I'm standing in front of my mother and she does fill in the blank or she says fill in the blank, I react this way. And I am now curious as to why I do that. So I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna reflect on this And I'm going to dig in a little bit and try to discover what is this coming from, where is it, where's the driving force behind it, and why. The people that can pause have done that. They've gotten curious about why they behave in certain ways. They've gotten curious about why every time they're in front of so-and-so, or every time they see something on the news, or every time something happens, just fill in the blank for your specific situation... Why do they feel a certain way, react a certain way, whatever? They want to understand themselves. Those are the people that get to the pause a lot quicker, or those are the people that are able to pause themselves. That's me. I'm able to... Now, there's there's some shit, right? Because nobody's perfect. So I'm not saying every person who's regulated is regulated in all areas. That is so far from the truth. But... Every time I discover a new area where I'm like, oh shit, where'd that come from? Like I always turn to self-reflect in every single interaction I have. I pause and I reflect and sometimes it's all of five seconds because it's quick and easy. Other times it's a few hours, other times it's a few days or weeks. But I always stop myself after I interact and I have some type of anxiety negative emotional response to something, anything like that. If I get angry, if I get frustrated, if I get pissed off, if I notice an adverse reaction in me, I reflect on it. The people who do not have the ability to pause are the people that are unwilling to give themselves the space to sit with their uncomfortable emotions, their uncomfortable behavior patterns, and reflect on them. They are the people that are more than likely pointing the finger at other people and saying it's my mother's fault that I act like this or it's because she keeps doing this and that is why I respond or react this way. No, 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 okay? Both can coexist, just like I said at the beginning of the episode. This is where highly reactive people don't have a space to hear this piece of information, so I'm going to give it to you right here because anyone listening to this is willing to hear it. When you don't want to acknowledge that your reactions are your responsibility, yes, somebody else can be harmful to you. Somebody else can be abusive to you. Somebody else can say some fucked up bullshit to you. But you are still responsible for how you react and respond to that. You regulating your reaction or response is not saying what they did is okay. It's not being compliant. You are respecting yourself. Now, what that looks like is very unique to you. Some people might regulate themselves, like I do this all day long on social media, regulate myself and then respond in a very professional way. Why? Because number one, I respect myself, I respect my professional presence I respect the work that I do. And I respect setting a healthy example for people. I don't care what you think of me. I care what I think of me. So regardless of how you treat me, I'm always going to act accordingly the way I feel is going to be best and most respectful and most supportive of me and the ripple effect it has on you and everybody else that may or may not see it. That is how I'm gonna behave. So I get some bullshit 24-7 on social media, as most people with a large audience do. I get backlash, I get DMs, even though I say stop asking me questions in the DMs, that's blatant disrespect. When you see or hear me say, don't DM me your questions, Click the link in the bio, like have some respect for the fact that my time and my work goes in to a paid environment for individuals who value their time and the information they're bringing me. But the people who demand more answers for free, the people that end up in my, they're disrespecting me all day. They just don't see it that way. I know that. They don't know I know that, but I know that. So sometimes I'm very polite and I will just say, I can't answer your message. Because I am somebody who does not like to just leave messages unread. I don't like to leave people, you know, feeling like they're unheard or, or abandoned. So if I have the bandwidth to be able to just say, link in my bio, I'm happy to answer. Link in my bio or whatever, or wait for a question box in the Instagram stories, If I have the bandwidth to say it, I'm gonna say it. If I don't have the bandwidth to say it, then I might leave you unread for a while. But regardless, I'm acting in accordance with what I feel is respectful for me first and everybody else after that. Now why? Because at the end of the day, I have to live with me. I have to lay my head on my pillow at night and I have to sleep with myself. Now, yes, I sleep next to Phil, so of course, like after me looking after me, I consider him and the reflection my behavior has on him, and then out and out and out, the waves go, right? That's the ripple effect. But still, I've got to live with me. I've got to live in my head every day. So if I don't act in a way that I'm proud of, I'm not going to be able to sleep at night. Now, people who don't have the ability to pause themselves... Right As I explained, they don't have the bandwidth to pause and reflect and then process and then formulate a response. There's no space there. There's no gap between what they're filtering and what is then going to leave their mouth or how they're going to behave. There's no breathing room. Now, this is where we can talk a little bit about meditation because this is what meditation actually helps you do. It gives you the breathing room. It's a practice every day for you to sit down, close your eyes and everybody gets this wrong and I've addressed it on past episodes so you can scroll through and listen to them because I said the same exact thing. Everybody thinks meditation, when you meditate, your thoughts are supposed to stop and that is just not the case at all. Your thoughts are not gonna stop when you meditate. The goal is to condition yourself, that's train yourself. Train the muscle in your mind to be able to sit still and breathe through the uncomfortable emotions that come up when your mind is racing through thoughts that you don't like. It's thinking about things that make you uncomfortable, that make you wanna act, that make you wanna react. Train yourself to breathe. Train yourself to witness the thoughts. Think about the thoughts, reflect on the thoughts. And then decide how you're going to respond and or behave accordingly. That is what meditation helps you do. That is what the practice of meditation helps you do. It builds the muscle to create the space so you don't react. And instead, you can give things breathing room. You can witness somebody's difficult behavior. You can witness a difficult conversation. You can sit there for a second and decide what this means to you. Are you internalizing it or do you need to? Is there something you need to take accountability for? Is it none of your shit at all? Or are they just projecting? It gives you that space, okay? So that's a key takeaway here. That is how meditation, a regular practice of sitting still, even if it's five minutes, can really benefit you. But let's go back to the, the main topic here and that's you know, overthinking or feeling overwhelmed or feeling guilty for saying things that you regret saying or you didn't mean or, you know, you play back the entire conversation and you're like, ooh, I could have said this or I should have said this this way. Like, how do you feel better about that? How do you stop that behavior? And the answer is, you know, if you start to... Slow down before you respond to anybody in your life. Don't be so quick to respond to people. That's number one, okay? So let's say step one. Don't be so quick to respond. I don't mean ignore people. I don't mean give them the silent treatment. I don't mean wait days or weeks without any communication in between. I'm saying if you need time to think it through, If the response to you is not a natural one that you feel is respectful towards you and other people, if you know you have a pattern of regretting the words that leave your mouth, then make it a habit to come up with a one-liner that you give people to create some space before you can respond. You can say to them in a text message or in person or on a phone call, can I get back to you on this in two hours, or how about I call you after five today, and we can talk about this, right, you don't have to answer the text immediately, you don't have to answer anybody immediately, I have a habit that I was in for a very long time of feeling obligated to answer people the second they contacted me, the second, and I was good at it. Like I could have, I, I had clients texting me all day. I still have clients texting me all day, but I don't feel the urgency like I used to anymore. If my mom contacted me, anybody, I was very quick to just grab the phone and and come up with like the solution to the problem or whatever they were needing at that point in time. And it put me in a place where I was so anxious. Like I felt like I was living in a reactive place constantly because anytime the phone beeped, I'd grab it and I was basically at the mercy of everybody else's needs and I realized I'm living in such a reactive state I need to flip this and kind of reverse it. I need to live in a responsive state, okay? And so this is kind of how you start to eliminate that guilt and that overwhelm and that doubt is don't be so quick to to answer or find a solution or fix. It's safe to take a pause. It's safe to ask for time it's safe to not be at the mercy of your phone 24 7 or the phone calls 24 7 you will get back to the people you have to trust yourself that you'll do that so set parameters within your own life and your own day-to-day routine of like okay I'm not going to I've had to do this with clients because clients have access to texting me so I had to do this with clients where in my head I was like okay like there are business hours in which they can text me, but I have to find chunks of my day where I can answer because I'm also talking to clients in sessions. So yeah, a client I could respond to a client and they could be sitting there waiting eagerly and they answer back with five more questions and I'm walking into a session. I can't give the one texting me my undivided attention because I have to give the person that I'm sitting in a session with my undivided attention. So I had to designate periods of my day to pick up the phone and check all the messages. Then they get my undivided attention. Then they get me thinking clearly. They don't get me reacting to their message because I've got overwhelmed in my life. So those are some things for you to think about as well. A lot of times we react to people and then we regret, regret what we said or what we did because our day is chaotic. So it's not necessarily that their message is bad or their message is annoying. It's more like I'm having a stressful day and now I've just projected it out onto this person who innocently was just looking for some support, you know, whether it was my mom or my sister, whoever, I'm stressed. And so I project it onto them because I don't know how to designate boundaries within my day to answer people accordingly. So everything just starts to lump together and overflow. And then before you know it, like that's like that's like what happens. I see this happen a lot with like moms, okay? Like full-time moms. You've got, let's say work, and you've got maybe stuff with your husband or your boyfriend or your partner, whoever it is, whatever your situation is. You've got friends or family or in-laws and you end up projecting a lot of that chaos and stress onto the kid and then regretting that you said something or regretting that you snapped at them. Well, the only reason you regret shit is because you're moving too fast and you're not thinking about it. So slowing down, making a conscious effort to slow down in your day, even if your day is chaotic and busy. My day, and I've done this deliberately, and this confuses so many people, including my own partner, okay? I am a very busy person, but I don't look or feel busy. And it confuses the people that are nearest and dearest to me because they think I got all the time in the world. And I'm like, no, I'm just really, really good at getting my work done efficiently, And I'm very good at designating certain parameters within my day. And I group things together. And I am very quick when I do it that way. And I put space in my schedule. And what space in my schedule does is it allows me to be more productive. It also allows me to be way more intentional in how I approach the things and the people and the conversations and and the actions and anything else that I am... Investing my time and energy into it allows me to be very intentional And therefore I can be mindful of the words that I'm saying and what I'm doing now I Understand that not everybody has the ability to maybe have extra space in their schedule But what boundaries do is it gives you space? so if you're somebody who is reactive or regretful remorseful of the conversations or the behaviors that you're exhibiting then you're somebody who needs to slow down. And in order to slow down, you need to create space. And how to create space is you need to set boundaries. You need to establish boundaries. Don't be so quick to answer that email the minute it comes through. Maybe designate a chunk of your time in the day where you check the emails. Designate times in your day where you check the text messages. Designate times in your day where you have the space to have a phone call. You know, one of my close friends won't, want to have a text message conversation or a phone conversation with you when she's busy with her kids or she's busy with her husband or she's busy with work because she doesn't feel like she's being present in the conversation and therefore she doesn't feel like she's being her best self or being able to communicate the way she really wants to if she could designate times for the kids, for her husband, and then for her friends, then she's able to have the meaningful conversation she wants to have with us. Now, let's wrap up with what to do about feeling guilt. So guilt is always you trying to think for another person and judging yourself through their eyes, which is impossible. And I've discussed this in many past episodes. You feeling guilty about something is you judging you for what you're doing or saying. So if you feel guilt and you're placing it on them saying, I feel guilty because they're going to feel this way, or they're thinking this way about me, that's just you not taking accountability for what is leaving your lips or the behavior that you're exhibiting. So you need to own your behavior. Okay. And that eliminates the guilt when you can take accountability for what you're saying and what you're doing and work through that self-judgment, then you're not going to be projecting it onto other people and then feeling guilty about it. The next thing, how to reconcile what you said versus what you could have said. Well, first of all, learn from it. If you said something and you found that you're feeling guilty about it or you found that you know you could have communicated it better what you would like to do in the future is fill in the blank that's what you need to get clear on after those situations occur you need to sit down and you need to reflect with yourself take accountability acknowledge it to yourself and to the other person if the situation deems necessary, acknowledge it to the other person. Make a note to yourself. I don't know if you realize how pertinent this is, but if you write it down, it validates it for you It makes it clear for you. It sets a plan in motion for you. So make a note to yourself on how you can improve in the future. How do you want to improve in the future? How would you prefer to communicate to someone? How would you prefer to react or respond in that particular situation? Write it down, do the exercise that I always tell you that I do with myself, which is make a column on a piece of paper and on half of it, write how I behave and on the other half of it, write how I want to behave and detail out the pattern of behavior that you notice that you're exhibiting. How are you behaving that you're not proud of? How would you prefer to behave that would allow you to be more proud of yourself and then? The next and final thing that I'm going to recommend you do is reflect on this question before you ever respond or react to anybody. And that's, can I sleep well knowing that they can't unhear these words? Because I did an entire podcast episode. Um, I really remember the title of it, but it was something along the lines of, you can't unsay it and they can't unhear it or maybe it was flip-flop but it was something like that they can't unhear the words that you're going to say so if you're going to get like catty or petty or you're going to hit them with a low blow because you're feeling defensive or you're feeling attacked they can't unhear those words and words cause way more harm than they should at times so just because you're not going to regulate yourself in that moment doesn't mean you need to project that out and take a hit at somebody else and hurt them too. Because if it's causing people harm, like if you're choosing words to make other people deliberately feel bad, that's really reflective of you and your character, not theirs. And you're you're the one leaving that ripple effect out into the world. And that's something you have to sleep well, well at night with. So... Considering the ripple effect that your actions and your words have and how they leave imprints on other people, that's something that I live by that allows me when I'm in situations where I'm really hurt or I'm really frustrated or I'm really upset. I used to be really nasty to people in my family. Um, I don't think I was ever really nasty to my friends, but within my family dynamics, we we would really hit some low blows And I never liked the words coming at me, and I never was proud of the words leaving my mouth. So it got me really paying attention to, am I proud of what I'm speaking in this moment, even if I'm really, really hurt or feeling like I'm being attacked or feeling like somebody's abusing me? Because if I can walk away from that situation with my head held high despite the pain, then I'm respecting me and I'm really proud of me. So hopefully this episode helps you be able to be way more mindful in your communication with other people and feel way less guilty when when you're in a situation with a difficult person or you're reacting to someone and it gives you some implementable steps that you can take today to start to be intentional with your words and mindful with your actions. If you are enjoying these episodes, please Take a second to rate and review them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I really appreciate you listening and I'll talk to you soon.